Today, on this Christmas morning, I want to talk about the greatest gift of Christmas. And of course, we all know that that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But, you know, not everybody shares the same sentiment. I remember as growing up, growing up as a kid that there was this new show that came out, this new uh, Christmas show, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Anybody remember that one? So you have this Grinch, and he's green, and he lives up on the mountain, and his heart is two sizes too small. And he looks on down to Whoville below, and every morning they, during this holiday season, they're coming out, and they're standing around the Christmas um, tree in the middle of town singing and happy as can be and he's up there just getting bitter and resentful and just not liking what he's seeing down below so he comes up with this brilliant plan he's going to dress up like Santa Claus and he's going to take his little dog and dress him up like a reindeer and he manages to have a sleigh and he goes on down in the middle of the night and he steals all the Christmas trees all the lights all the ornaments all the gifts he steals it all in an attempt to snuff out the joy of Whoville during the Christmas season. Well, of course, in the end, his, he, he fails, and I think his heart grows to three sizes larger than it was at the beginning. And so uh, you have uh, kind of the Ebenezer Scrooge kind of uh, situation, and he's all happy about Christmas after that. And he, I think he returns everything. So that's how the Grinch stole Christmas. But uh, he's not the only one that has attempted to steal Christmas. For a long time, we have seen people replace the Christ in Christmas with an X, right? Merry Xmas. So uh, just this past week, uh, had de- well, I guess it was two weeks ago now, had um, uh, dealing with my, uh, a bank that you know, related to my parents or something. I, I don't know. So they, they wanted some information from me. And at the end of my message, my email, I said, Merry Christmas. And a day later, I received the reply, Merry Xmas. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, if, uh, I don't know if your job doesn't re- allow you to do that or you're just trying to take Christ out of Christmas, but that's nothing new, right? Uh, that, that's been going on for years, and we have to deal with that. And part of our responsibility, I think, as Christians is to try to put Christ back in Christmas, right? I mean, that's what we're doing here this morning on Christmas Day. And by the way, what better choice to make? than to come together and to join together in the name of Christ to worship Him on this Christmas day. What a a great choice that is. Anyway, the the Grinch continues to try to steal Christmas. I came across this sign. This is actually a sign in front of the bank uh, near where I live in Charlestown. Merry Grinchmas. So instead of Merry Xmas, we've got the Grinch coming back into town. And uh, we have Merry Grinchmas. And so the efforts to rob uh, Christ or to take Christ out of Christmas continues by this world. And I want to just uh, encourage us to put Christ or to, to be a light to the world that Christ is in Christmas, that Christ is what Christmas is all about. So I want us to focus that on that this morning. So how do we keep Christ in Christmas? And our first point is to receive the greatest gift. And of course, this is the most important thing. I mean, we know that Jesus came for our salvation. He came for our redemption. He came that we might have the forgiveness of sins. And what we can do in remembering Christ on this day is to receive the gift that God has given to us. 
And, and I think this is one of the reasons why we give gifts to our loved ones. We have love for them. We want to express, express our love and our friendship to others, and so we give them gifts. And we do it on Christmas especially, and we do it at other times during the year. And I think that as long as we remember that what we are doing in giving gifts to all of our loved ones, we are reflecting the love of the Father that he had for us when he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth. And so we can remember that. And so part of our, our uh, joy is to be able to receive the gift from the Father. And, and this is an amazing thing. Here is God, and he hands us a gift, and all we have to do is take it. Not everybody does that, however, and we find in some verses uh, expressions of condemnation to those who reject the gift. So John 3.19, for example, is one of those, says, And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Now that's a really sad verse. Here is a gift that God has given to mankind, the light he has given to this world, but, and here's the sad part, men love darkness more than the light. How sad that is. And as a result, for those who do not take the gift, can you imagine anybody refusing a gift from God? And yet here it is. The result of refusing God's gift is condemnation. But for us who have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, we find uh, an abundance of blessings in the Scripture. So John 3.17 says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Praise be to the Lord. That was the intent of the Father, not to condemn anybody, but to save the world through Him. And Again, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, we find another expression of this gift that God has given to us. For the wages of sin is death. And this is the condemnation that the world is under. The wages of sin. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So here it is, the gift that God offers to us. If we will accept Him and the work that He has done on our behalf, if we receive the blood that was shed on the cross for our sins, we can have eternal life. It is God's gift to us. We cannot work our way into heaven. We cannot work our way into the graces of God. We cannot work out our own salvation. We receive it. We receive the work that Jesus has done. We receive the gift that God has given to us. And so this is the first way to keep Christ in Christmas, to receive the gift that God has given to us. Now I'm preaching to the choir. Choir, I mean, every one of you that's here feels that it's important to be in church on Christmas. Praise be to the Lord. And I know there are others who love Christ that aren't able to make it to church this morning, and that's, that's okay. But there's a world who is not, like I said, is not receiving the gift of God. And so for us, we have received it, praise be to the Lord, and by receiving this gift and being a testimony in this world that we have received the gift of Jesus Christ, we can keep Christ in Christmas. Our second point this morning is this, make some sacrifices. How do we keep Christ in Christmas? Well, I think that there are some sacrifices that we can make. Now, if, uh, if you don't believe in Christ, well, you know, you're going to enjoy the holiday. You're going to enjoy all of the things that go around um, 
celebrating Christmas and, you know, you're going to just do the lights and do the giving and do the eating and doing the trees and doing everything that goes along with Christmas, um, getting together with friends and family. And, and there's nothing wrong with those things. I mean, those are, those are fine up, up to a point as long as we don't let them overshadow Christ. But uh, we can enjoy those things too. But the world, they don't have Christ. And what hope do they have? The only enjoyment and pleasure that they have is the, the momentary, temporary uh, celebration on this particular day. And they don't have anything that is long-lasting. Now, it's long-lasting for us because, hey, we can celebrate the reason for the season, not just on Christmas, right? It's like an all, it's like an all year thing. Every day, all year long, we're celebrating Jesus and we're remembering him. And during this time of the year, we're focusing on his birth. Now, there are some Christians that are out there that uh, don't believe in Santa Claus, don't believe you should have any decorations, don't believe that you should do any gifts, that you don't, shouldn't have any Christmas trees. There are a lot of Christians who believe those kinds of things. As a matter of fact, in my earlier years, we just kind of totally did away with anything related to Santa Claus at all. You know, it was just kind of gone. Didn't, didn't have any association with that. And that was just part of our convictions as uh, Christina and I were, um, you know, newly married and starting a family and all, all of those things. So there are Christians that don't believe that you should uh, engage in the worldly perspective on Christmas. And there are some verses in the Bible that might reflect this. So first of all, you have Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. And this is a good one that many people turn to with respect to you shouldn't have any Christmas trees. So it says, For the customs of the peoples are futile, for one cuts a tree from the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers so that it will not topple. Now, this is really similar to my tree at home. I've got to put it in the stand, and then I've got, to, I've got two 10-pound weights with a rope tied around the top uh, in the back of the tree in the corner there, so it literally does not fall over. <laughs> we have had trees fall over before. I don't remember if it was Nicole or Micah. They were smaller, and uh, one of them was... Uh, you know, if you put the tree in the corner, you decorate like three-quarters of it. You don't decorate the whole tree all the way around. So uh, believe it or not, it does get heavier on the front. And some of those ornaments, you know, you, you know how you put them at the top of the tree because they're so heavy that if you put them on any other branch, the, the branch will just go whoop and they'll drop off. So you put them on the strong, sturdy branches up towards the top. Anyway, I don't remember if it was Mike or Christine, uh, not Christine, but Nicole, our tree has fallen over more than once. So it could have been both of them at you know, different times. <laughs> So they're standing on a chair, they're little, <laughs> they're standing on a chair in front of the tree, putting an ornament right in front of them, and all of a sudden the whole tree <laughs> fell on them, knocked them over, you know, they're, they're standing on the chair, so them and the chair and the tree just <laughs> falls right on top of them. Thankfully, it was a laughing moment, whoever it was was laughing, it was a, it was a blast for them, but... There was a panic for a moment on my part seeing this happen. But anyway, this is, this is, my, this is like my tree. You know, I've got to secure it upright. And uh, I don't have any silver and gold on my tree. So, you know, don't, you don't have to worry about breaking in and robbing me of my tree because there's nothing really worthwhile, worth valuable on it. But anyway, you know, this is part of the 
idol worship of the time back then, they would ornament, uh, you know, put the ornaments on the tree, valuable ones, in order to kind of heighten, um, you know, what are you going to do to a piece of wood in order to make it valuable? You put some precious metal on it or precious stones or gems or whatever. And this is what they did. Anyway, this is a verse that um, some people turn to that we shouldn't have Christmas trees as Christians during the holiday. And that's fine. You know, if a Christian, if a Christian wants to give up something for serving Christ, that's, that's great. If somebody wants to, if, if, if we put something aside for the glory of God, uh, then praise be to God for that. Uh, we're encouraged in Scripture to do this over and over again, not just uh, during Christmas time. I mean, any time during the year. One of the greatest sacrifices that we make in Scripture as Christians is the idea of fasting, right? We give up our food. There's nothing wrong with food, but we're giving it up. We're sacrificing the food in order to seek God a little more deeply, there's nothing wrong with that. And if we want to do that during Christmas or some other holiday during the course of the year, or if, or if we just want to do it uh, out of our love and devotion for, for God, that is always a good thing. Um, on the other hand, if we want to take advantage of the holiday and make much of it as a testimony and as a witness, hey, look, you know, uh, I celebrate Christmas and it's because of Christ. And we, we have that testimony. We give that testimony to the world. And we don't allow the worldliness to overshadow our faith. Then that's okay too. Uh, several years ago, we watched a Christmas movie and it was a Christian Chris, Christmas movie. Uh, it was a new movie that was made. And, you know, it was okay as it was going through. It was a Scrooge type of, you know, theme throughout the, the movie there. And at the end, they had this big Christmas party. And during the Christmas party uh, in the movie, uh, they, they uh, flaunted their freedom in Christ. And I felt, even though I didn't necessarily disagree with the pleasures that they were enjoying in this celebration in this movie... I felt uncomfortable because I felt it was intentionally meant to kind of be in the face of those who say, well, you can't do this or shouldn't do this during Christmas. And that was kind of offensive to me, even though, again, I didn't necessarily agree, disagree with their freedoms. And that's wrong, too. We shouldn't flaunt our freedom in front of others, nor should we condemn those who don't have the same freedoms as we do. If we have a conviction, let us hold it for ourselves and let us give glory to God for our conviction. Because that, if we enjoy our food, we enjoy it unto the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this food that you have provided. And if I'm giving up the food, then, well, Lord, thank you for this time in which I can be dedicated and committed to you a little bit more closely than at other times. Thank you, Lord, for that. There are verses that share such things. Now, I'm not talking about sinful things. I'm just talking about engaging in the things of this world. So, Romans chapter 14, verses 5 and 6. This is, the whole chapter here is pretty good as far as this point goes. But this is what it says in Romans 14, verses 5 and 6. It says, One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. And that's great. The, the principle or the point is this. In all that you do, do it unto the Lord. Right? 
Whether you engage in freedom, praise be to the Lord. Do it unto the Lord. And whether you sacrifice for the Lord, sacrifice it unto the Lord. Praise be to God. And the sinfulness comes in when we maybe sacrifice something so that somebody might recognize our sacrifice. Like the Pharisees did, right? Uh, you know, they went around when they were fasting, they were going, looking miserable, and everybody would look at them, and, oh, he's so super spiritual. Look, he's fasting. You can tell. Just look at him. Jesus said, well, they receive their reward. Or somebody who gives money, like the Pharisees did, with a fanfare, blowing the trumpet, and then uh, putting all their money in just so that they could be recognized of men for all that they have given. Well, they receive their reward. So let us not do it in that way. Let us do it with a conviction unto the Lord. The sinfulness comes when we don't do it unto the Lord, whatever it is. If we don't do it unto Him or for His glory, that's sin. If we do it for our, our own selves, if we do it for our own sakes, if we do it for the, with the wrong motives, we are sinning at that point. So let us be convicted um, in the things that we do. And so during the Christmas season, it might not be a bad thing for us to do with a little bit less of what the world is doing in the engagement of Christmas. Maybe do a little bit less. That would be a great thing. That is making a sacrifice um, for the Lord. It is bringing the attention or helping us to bring attention because sometimes it can be distracting. You know what I mean? It can be distracting. All the food and all the parties and all of the, uh, you know, get-togethers and, and all of the ornaments and all of the gifts, it can be distracting. And it can take our attention off of Jesus for a short period of time. And that's what we want to avoid. And so making a little bit of a sacrifice, that might not be a bad thing. But again, do it unto the Lord and you're, you will be blessed by it. The third point this morning, as far as uh, making much of Christmas... Receive the greatest gift, that is Jesus. Make some sacrifices. And then, thirdly, get moving. Get moving. There's another show that I loved to watch when I was growing up, and it was The Little Drummer Boy. Anybody remember that one? All right, some of you. I guess you have to be over 50 to remember these, because now nobody watches them anymore, right? <laughs> the Little Drummer Boy. So, um, this, this is a great story, and I still love the story to this day. Here's a boy, and it's about him. He's kind of an orphan. And, and uh, anyway, he, he gets caught up in the whole narrative of the birth of Jesus Christ, and he ends up in front of Jesus. And he sees everybody giving gifts, and, and he has nothing to give. He likes to play the drum, and he's got a drum, and so he comes, and uh, you know the song, and he plays his drum. Uh, he he played it for him. He played his best for him. And it's a great song. And what the, the drummer boy pictures is the giving of oneself, of the being moved upon by God and the giving of everything that you have for him. I don't have everything, but I have this. And I give it all to you. That, that is the encouragement. I, I remember discovering for the first time that the little drummer boy wasn't a biblical story. I was devastated. I was devastated. I thought for sure this was part of the Bible story. But it wasn't. But it doesn't matter. The principle is still good. It is still applicable. 
We read in James, for example, in James chapter 2, verse 17, it says, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So the principle is this, that if I say I have faith in God, it is going to move me to do something for Him. It is going to move me to clean up my life. It is going to move me to serve Him in some way. My faith, my true faith in God will move me. And we see this in Scripture during the Christmas season or the birth of Jesus, surrounding the birth of Jesus. So you have Anna in the temple. She is moved and she comes to Jesus and prophesies over him. You have the wise men. They see the star and they are moved and they head towards Bethlehem to find the baby. You have the shepherds. The angels appear and proclaim the good news of the birth of Jesus and they are moved and they go to see the baby. Then you have Joseph, of course, Uh, Jesus was an important part of Joseph's life and he struggled, but he receives the revelation of God and he is moved and he does what is right. And you have Mary, of course, the most blessed of all women. The angel comes to her and announces that this baby is going to be born by her and she is moved and gives praise to God. And so we want to be like these people of faith God does not ask us, again, to give a lot, but he asks us to move and to do something, to give something of ourselves for him. He is not uh, happy with how much worldly stuff we give. He is blessed in that we offer to him whatever it is that we have. You know this account. Jesus was looking at the Pharisees, putting their money in, and then there was a widow, and she put some money in. And Jesus said this in Luke 21, verses 1 through 4. He looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he also saw, and he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites, which would have been two pennies or less. He said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God, but she out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. And so even though in earthly terms, it was less than two pennies, in terms of God's blessing on it, it was more than all the Pharisees with all of their wealth that they had put in. It was more than all of that. And this is what Christ calls us to. He calls us to give all that we have, in worshiping him. You say you believe in God? Well, put your money where your mouth is. You know what I mean? Let there be some feet to your expression of faith and get moving for Christ. Let the truths of Christmas move us this Christmas season to give testimony to him and to live for him more fully and completely in this coming year. I... uh, I hope that you all have a blessed and Merry Christmas, and thank you again for coming this morning. We're going to sing one more song, Silent Night, so let's stand, and once we sing this song, then we will be free.